I mean, you can pretty much just go straight to the final now because England are going to win. You may as well just give him the cup now. We'll save all the. You don't have to complain about ticket prices then. You know, save your yeah, money. Save your just money. Give him the just, World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Just go to the final. Yeah. Just watch yeah. it on iPlayer. Don't even go. Just don't even turn up. Don't even turn up. Just watch it on iPlayer. Ten o'clock at night with the kebab. And when, when you're about, when you're about ten pints deep. Dave and Keith talk all things rugby league on the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. Welcome to the Dockhouse Rugby Show. Today's guest is a former rugby league professional turned author. He signed for Hull KR at the tender age of 16. He played with the likes of Harry Poole, Bill Holiday, and Frankie Foster. He was sold to Keithley in 1967, but now he's an established author uh, with titles such as The Red and White Phoenix, The Adventures of a Hessel Road Lad, and Save the Last Dance, to name but a few. This week's guest, and we welcome him to the Dockhouse Rugby Show, is Mr. Keith Pollard. Welcome, Keith. Thank you very much, Keith. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. It. And it's an Ezel Road, Les. You don't pronounce the H, you know. Ezel. Right, okay. Ezel Road, lad. <laughs> well, you, well you, can, you, you can tell us all about, all about that shortly. But before we get into that, and we will come to you, Keith, I just want to say, currently we've had our first group games of the Rugby League, but there's been a big announcement today from Lee as well. I want to touch on that. Lee Centurions are now the Lee Leopards. So Derek Beaumont and his, his leopard print um, fashion uh, looks to have taken the helm there and, and he stamped his authority, give it a big new change for, for the Super League uh, and going into that. And, so it, and I read something somewhere that Centurions is old, they're leaving the old behind a new era is coming for Lee. What do we think of that? I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, I think Lee will go well next year, to be honest. Um, They've got some good players. I'd like to see where his salary cap, but again, that's another story. But um, (laughs) no, I think they'll do well. And Zach Hardacre has gone there, hasn't he? Yep, yep. It was announced today, Zach Hardacre is is now. Yeah, I think uh, there'll be one or two um, chairmen and coaches that will be twitching at the minute, thinking of the next season. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. He's built a brilliant team there, Derek. He really has some really top He's got top to get rid of a lot. Players. That's the problem. It's He's brought a team in that's got him into, which I don't think's right, you know, but um, that's another story. Um, he's got to get rid of, a, what is he, seven players he's got to get rid of? How he's going to pick the ones he's, that's going, I don't know. Because, um, but... Yeah. I mean, but I, I think I think he's going to try and work ways around it as well, hasn't it? Because like likes a lamb, because young lamb played here as as a junior, he doesn't count on on right, on, right. on the uh, international quarter. And he had a great game the other night. Oh, fantastic! Fast yeah. player, yeah, he's growing as well. I think he's yeah. developing and he's yeah. getting used to the English conditions. And yeah. it's a nice problem for Derek to have really, and the coaching staff there at Lee Leopards mm-hmm. to have all, all those players and and you. Having to move some on to make make space, and uh, it it's a lot of modern sport is about branding. It really is about branding and trying to sell that brand and open up new markets for your business. So it, it sounds like a, a very good idea to rebrand as you enter into Super League. They've got hey, the top looks good. I like I like the look of the top. So um, it, I it's think like they're they rebranding. They brought this new badge out, and and they're just called the Robins now. You know. And as some of those old, old fogies, old dinosaurs, didn't go along with the idea. But we've lived with it. I've bought, I've bought, and you'll talk with it on and what have you. So you, it's, you, go with the, you go with the times, don't you? You know, yeah. 
I've, I've said it before on this show. The only person who truly appreciates change is a baby with a wet nappy. <laughs> the rest of us struggle with change, but then we just eventually go. Do you know what? Actually, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. We grow up to accept it, and uh, I hope they go well because it's just going to raise the competition a little bit further, and, and it'll force teams to raise their game as well. So, uh, yeah, next season Super League will be very interesting. But we've got a World Cup before then. Yeah, we have indeed. Yeah, uh, like I say. Do you know what? I am really, really enjoying the games. Every every single one. I know some scores have been a couple of like larger blowout scores, but the, like I said before, them players in them teams like the Jamaica and and that they're getting to play with some top quality opposition. They're getting to play in a competition with NRL stars, Super League stars. You know, some of these guys are, are championship players or or, or you know non-professional rugby players coming out and playing against some of the world's elite and the world's best so it's only a good thing for the game you know yeah. whether you're a supporter or not whether you think that they got beat with 60 points as for for the growth of the sport and the betterment of the sport they will learn from that they'll grow I was saying that the, 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 the better players you play with and against the better you play mm, yeah. you see to be fair when I, going back again when I started and I was playing with blokes like you mentioned, it was a lot easier playing with them as a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old than playing with, say, like Doncaster. No disrespect to Doncaster. But you're playing them alongside international players that have been there, bought the T-shirts. And uh, it's a hell of a lot easier. you know. And, and, and them kids that are playing for like Jamaica and, and, and the lower sides, if you want to call them the lower sides, um, they, they will benefit from it. And... Yeah. and uh, that that young kid who's, who played for England, the Dom Dom Young, is it? Dom Dom Young, Link from yeah. Newcastle. His brother played for Jamaica. Yep. The wing, the big tall kid. Yeah, yeah. Massive, and he was yeah. the older one. You know, he, he didn't really uh, make it before. But he was more interested in his job, I think. So he never really got into the game. Where Dom went to Australia, he won't get in any other field, So he went to Newcastle Knights. He comes back and yeah. now everybody wants him. Yeah, know? yeah. He's a, he's yeah, a hot, hot commodity, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's just put, he's put about half a million quid on his trunk, on his on his contract. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, that's one of the problems in rugby league is that just outside of that top elite level, it's quite a large drop off in terms of salaries, and it's often a a discussion and a debate to be had whether you're better trying to force yourself into a team and get that contract or to enter into the field of work because you can earn a good living yeah. by working. And the some of them are on them fringes of it, that decision. They've got even more money, haven't they? This, this year is 10 million to share between them, isn't it? And, and the money's no object. And so players, we're going to lose players. And and we're going to get better players coming back from Australia because they can't get gigs there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So they'll come to England. But... Um, like most most sports, money's if you want to call it spoiled again. I mean, we was getting eighteen quid a win and foot and seven quid a loss when I played, and now they're getting they're paying well for that for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably getting a lot lot more than that now in in Super League. But um, yeah, I mean that's interesting to hear some of that history and now the game's changed, Keith. And we're looking forward to uh, digging a bit deeper into that a little bit later. Right. Yeah. So let's just go back there. So uh, Papua New Guinea played Tonga um, at 
um, the Totally Wicked Stadium. That one, Dave. You was in attendance at that game. Uh, what was yeah. what was your opinion of of the whole event atmosphere? Was it was it full? Was it loved was it. it? Loved it. Well, I took Doc House Nicola with me. She Doc came House along, <laughs> and uh, there's photographs on social media of us both in the stand. Yeah, I, I mean the game day experience. First of all, it's different than a. Super League game. It's different than a club game. It feels, you can feel the tension a little bit more. Everyone's, all the players stand a little bit taller. You've got the national anthems and they put on a fantastic show. There was a bit of entertainment before and uh, the kids come out at halftime dancing at halftime across the field with the t- different coloured tops on, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. They were having so much fun. They were so involved. They'll remember that for the le- rest of the lives and they come back into the stadium they've sat not too far from us and they're so giddy and excited they're cheering on the teams which was just building a lot of the atmosphere as well so it it was just uh i really enjoyed the match day experience so there has been talk of the ticket prices and uh that's probably another debate but i do think there's a a, it's a great game day experience and it, it may be expensive in these times for some people but uh, if you can stretch yourselves to to go along, you'll have a great, uh, great entertaining day. And then the match actually just backed that up, didn't it? What what a great game! Everyone expected Tonga as being one of the main favourites, full of NRL NRL superstars to blow teams away, and uh, they didn't have it all their own way, did they? The uh, it was very very close, and uh, they only ran out uh, winners by six points in the end, and that was down to a a last-minute try. Papua New Guinea, I thought, were such worthy of... Whatever they paid them, they, they should have paid them double because they, yeah. they, they were so tough. And uh, they were behind on the scoreboard in the second half. And I saw a noticeable change in the second half in the way they went into contact. They were um, losing the ruck very often in the first half, which was making it much more difficult for them, making it easier for Tonga. That second half, they were far stronger in first contacts, which meant they were more likely to win that rook. And I think that really changed the game for them. And that's why they come back into it with two scores. And they were so close to winning. There was a try, wasn't there, which uh, I, I know you'll probably bring up, was it, wasn't it? Try. Um, it, well, it wasn't given on the day, but and that, that's what counts. That's all that matters. But, you know, on the field, I thought, and probably a lot of other people thought, it was, but it wasn't, so... That's how it is. Uh, yeah, we take the referee's decision, regardless of what we think. And uh, it was so close. And we were right by that final try. And Tonga were uh, brilliant with the offloads, getting the offloads out. And I don't know how they were doing it, uh, but they managed to get it out. And they kicked the ball through. And I thought they, there was a couple of Papua New Guinea players right next to it. And I thought, well, a couple of steps and they'll, they'll knock it out. Not a problem. I think they were running in quicksand. They were so exhausted. It's as if the minds were telling the legs to run and the legs weren't moving. And they just, it was like they were in slow motion. And Tonga just had that little bit more fitness, which meant they got to that ball and scored that try. It was, it, it, was it was clear from the outset that, that, that the Kilmulls had come to play, right? I mean, yeah. the story room where, where Reese Martin had been a star at, at, at Leeds only this year and last yeah, year. Yeah, good player, very good player. Um, I thought they was unlucky. I thought, well, I, to be fair, I thought they was robbed. <laughs> we there again. Um, they must take plenty of art from the defeat, though. I mean, I was talking to somebody. I mean, I know Stanley Jean and Macaulay Azul and blokes like that that have been at Rovers. And and somebody once said to me, tackling them is like tackling a tree. You know, 
they're, they're just solid, aren't they? They're not very big, but they're, they're made out of rock. Yeah. yeah, tough, very, very tough. Yeah. My um my, my agent I was speaking to my agent today and they were at a um a hotel uh swimming facility, they use the gym and the swimming facility. Uh and she said there was a, a lot of chiseled men like oak trees. She said it was great. <laughs> she said they were all in the pool. She said I said, Did you enjoy yourself? She said, Oh yes I did. <laughs> It'd be packed tomorrow, that pool then. I'm not, that's why I haven't said where it is. I've not said where it is, just in case. It's not in St. Helens. I remember when McCarley first came to Rovers, I was coaching um, East Oak, and we played Skeller, and, or Skeller's Reserves, and we, and we went back to Colin Mutton's old pub, but um, anyway, down towards the Bella Street, that's where they ran from. McCarley was in there and they, they come up, they shook hands and he thought, I thought he was going to break my hand, you know what I mean? And you, you kind of took, you know, you just, you know when you tap through the air like that and it, it didn't move, you know what I mean? It was just like made out of rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're massive. Yeah, they're, 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 big they're, men they're big men. But, yeah. Big, strong, tough oh. guys and they certainly and it's their national sport, game. isn't it? It's the only players in the world where rugby league's a national sport. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and the fanatical oh, over it. And we do have some fans of the show actually over in uh, Papua New Guinea. They, they tune into our YouTube show, so big shout out to yeah. the, uh, the Papua New Guinea contingent. Yeah, yeah, we're going to try and get over there. Autobiography. I haven't read it. No, no. Brilliant. Want to read it? It really is good. Yeah. Right. Really good read. story. Yeah, Excellent. definitely look out for that then. And uh, but yeah, the the contact, particularly in the second half, they they'd really stepped it up. And that first contact every single time. And that Tongan team is huge. I mean, it's a massive team, yeah. and they're tough guys as well. But they were hitting them really tough in first contacts, winning that rock, and it did change the game. I, I, that was noticeable for me. And and I, I think they just run out of steam. That that was all it was. They just run out of steam near the end and. It's really but, tough, but I think you know, when you look at the matches, this, it's just the majority of, the, of their team play in the Queensland Cup because they have a team in the Queensland Cup, don't they? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the PNG. So, which is I mean, it's not the same standard as playing in a Test match and against NRL players, but it's a very high standard. Yeah, yeah know, it's a very good standard, very yeah. tough standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they they used to play in and uh, they they did themselves proud. Certainly. No, no, no. What, Keith, what, what do you think we learnt about Tonga in that game? I was disappointed, to be honest. I thought that there was, as you said earlier on, they'd be one of the favourites. And, and they had some really good players on there. I didn't think that there was as good as... It was a bit like Samoa in England. They, they weren't as good as I thought they'd be. But England was outstanding. I think Williams had the best game he's had since he's come back from Australia. And and Willby, Willsby from St. Helens, he was, a, he was a, well, they could get rid of the number six and put in there because he, he had a really good game, a really, really good game. Once again, the span played well, didn't they? Yeah, I know we're going. I'm sorry if I'm going off the off no, the, no, that's fine. No, 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 yeah, but um, I didn't think that um, Samora was as good as I thought it would be, but it's only the first game, so we'll see. Well, those teams have, have not done as well as expected, like Tonga. And Samoa, I've probably got more to learn from those first round matches than some yeah. of the teams who've won because they can, you know, the video work they'll do after that, and they'll 
they'll have a good look at themselves and, and they'll know that they've not performed up to the right. their own expectations. So, um, yeah, let's see how they come again after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've still, got, they've still got to go up, isn't there? There's two out of four that go to the quarterfinals in every group. So, yeah, yeah. And the, the Wills, the Wills, Cookal and their group is going to be a, an hard group as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, and Dave, you attended the Wales Cook Island game as well. Uh, a couple of local lads to us, so like uh, Ant Walker and a couple of two two of the other witness lads were on display as well. But um, yeah, t- talk us through your thoughts on on the Wales and Cook Island. Uh, well, it was courtesy of a friend of ours who've been on the show before, Mark Killingworth, who run the Super League Pod, who had uh, a ticket, and uh, it was brilliant to catch up with Mark. He's always great entertainment, good company. And he knows the sport. He, he, there's not a player on the pitch he doesn't know. Doesn't know the background. He's uh, he's got a real head for that sort of information. And uh, yeah, I parked up just down the road at the Flash. If anyone knows the local area in in Lee, it's a, a lovely area to walk around. Penny Flash. Yeah, and and I walked down to the the Lee Sports Village, which is a, a, an excellent modern uh, a sports setup there. So again, the match day experience. Easy parking, nice five, ten minute stroll, caught up with Mark and we went in and we stood behind the sticks. So it did remind me of uh, being a, a youngster at Nosley Road, uh, going every match with uh, with you, Keith, and some others from the St. Helens Crusaders and we'd always stand behind the sticks at the home end, shouting them on. And uh, so it was a bit of a flashback for me. But the um, the stadium, it's a lovely modern stadium, great Great view. The playing surface looked great. Uh, I think there's about six, seven thousand on, but it felt like a lot more because it was a brilliant atmosphere. Again, it's just a different atmosphere than you get in the club game, and and everyone was just there behind Wales, but they're also cheering on the Cook Islands because it, you know, they're, they're probably English supporters, but they want to see all the teams do well. So I love the atmosphere at the games. It, it, you can't be watching one of those games live. You really can't, or not for not for me anyway. Um, but then, yeah, the game, we look at the Cook Islands team and the way they came out and they, they looked sharp and I thought, oh, it's going to be tough for Wales. We know a lot of those guys are semi-pro. I think they only had two full-time pro players, maybe three. Uh, most of the players are all semi-professional from the Championship and League One. And uh, it, we were a bit worried watching them. The early exchanges, I thought the Cook Islands were kind of winning that arm wrestle a little bit. Wales were trying hard, but you thought, you know, they're, they're hanging in, 20 minutes, they're going to collapse. That, that That's how I felt. I thought Cook Islands will run up three or four tries at the end of the first half, and then again, same again in the second half. But I was very wrong, wasn't I? I was very wrong because this is what it does when you've got that international top on. You, you get an extra pair of lungs, you, you grow a foot taller, you get stronger, you get faster, and... and um, Wales just really, really dug in and, and they gave a, a very good fight of it. So I don't know what it looked like on the TV, but live, it looked very evenly matched. And, and you you left after the game just feeling so, so proud of Wales, knowing how hard those guys had run themselves to water. And they had a chance, didn't they? Right, right at the end there, the yeah. ball went out. And I think it was Gellin who kind of, it was a three-on-one overlap. And Gellin did really well getting his body in, in sort of in a position where he made it hard for the uh, uh, was it Elliot Kerr who had the ball he, he, and 
his decision making, he was like stuck in two minds and and um he eventually passed, but Galen got a hand to it, or the Cook Island player, might have the players wrong way around here, uh, wrong names, but he got a hand to it and uh, and the chance was gone. So, uh, but again, fantastic game, very evenly matched, contested. He didn't know who was going to win till right at the end and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know if you got to watch it, Keith. I thought, uh, yeah, I watched it. And like you, I was expecting the Cook Island's They've got some good players there. I mean, they've got a good coach, Kevin Arrow, you know, who's been around a bit. But I thought they would have... I thought they would have given Wills... Well, not an idea, but I thought they'd have won a, a bit easier than the game went. But um, I thought the difference was there was a bit of class that they had. The fact that a lot of them was, as you said, they're all NRO players or they've played at an higher standard. And then and, and I thought when... Brad Takarangi come on, who, was, who played for over that role with like last year. I didn't actually play for him, but he didn't he didn't play him in the game. But I thought he made a difference when he came on. Um, I've heard he's gone to Keithley. I don't know who it is, but um, that was just, that's what I thought. Um, I mean, John Key, I, I read somewhere where he said he, he was glad where the where the where the where they played, so that they knew it was going to be tough. But they just kept turning up for each other. You know, they dug in deep. Um, they couldn't have done much more than what they did. I mean, they could have won it. They could have won it. Yeah. I'm I, I, a young kid I coached as an under eighteen actually played for Wales because his mother had a corgi, and he. This was a few years ago, and he'd never played. He got in the international, the Welsh team, and then he went playing for Newcastle Gateshead. Right. Just through his his, his um, ancestry, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some kids that, that played, that, like we said earlier on, that would never ever, I won't say they would make the grade, but they would never get a chance to play. That was one of the good things about disbanding the Great Britain team. That we've got more international teams, England, England Wales, Scotland and, and Ireland. And Irish have, 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 have performed pretty well as well. And we haven't mentioned them, have we? You're right, they look very good, in fact. I was surprised that they're, I think, probably a step up from some of the teams, uh, uh, you know, Scotland and Wales, they're, yeah. they're a bit of a step up from that. They've got well, quite I've, a few, having few said, league players. The thing I, uh, one thing I don't like, and if we, we have to, I don't really like saying you've been, uh, you're bringing players from the NRL. You know what I mean? If we didn't have the players from the NRL playing in the England team, we'd be looking to make a team, and that's half the problem with our game. We've got mm. too many imports in it. So, because Australia won't pick somebody playing in England to play for the Australian team. No, no. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah like, but like, we, we, we mentioned this in one of our other shows that they're in a real sort of predicament now because people are choosing to play for Tonga, Samoa, yeah, yeah. Papua New Guinea uh, and go out and represent Cook Islands and represent the, the heritage countries. You know, Wales, Ireland, England, James Bell, you know, he playing for Scotland. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it, it is, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Yeah. Probably a local lad is, could be losing a place. But on the other, with, with the shoe on the other foot, it makes us slightly more competitive uh, yeah. to a, to a, to a yeah. degree as well. He's you know. got good points and bad points. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky. I was in the when they brought the free transfer system in before the the Bosnian ruling. Yeah, and it made Australian rugby league a hell of a lot stronger because players could leave and go 
spread about without in transfer fees. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I've got I've got me me. I like the England Wales the split, but I'd still like to see the Great Britain play Great Britain team play the Australian. Yeah, I see. I'm a big advocate of Great Britain. I I always I don't know. I just think that's our best team. You know, you want to put your best team out. That's right. Uh, and I think with England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland, we dilute it, and then obviously then we have to fill that with with, with another nineteen twenty man squad. Yeah. Uh, and so it, you know, is each one of them layered with the best? Whereas a GB team, I still think we should have England, Ireland, Scotland, and then a GB in like a a tri series with with you know or, or a like a like a five nations competition or yeah. something. Yeah. I, I think I, I, you know, because it's like it, the Olympic Games. We put Great Britain squads in all the different sports in the Olympic Games, and we do well. But when we have the Commonwealth Games, we don't do that well. No, as as a group, you know, yeah. it's, it gives more it gives more people the chance to play an international rugby by yeah. having an England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales team that yeah. wouldn't get in on a chance to play, which we said earlier on. Absolutely, so, yeah, yes, that's, absolutely. That's the good point of it. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a very, very good plus point of of, of that system. And like I said, I'm all for it. I just don't think we should overlook um, I mean, a, I, I, a great, I, I, a great Britain game. I'm John Casey. I'm just so grateful that I've had the opportunity to represent my country on this big stage, and that's you know that sums it up, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, so so moving on in the World Cup, then um, we've got uh, you know another mouth-watering set of rounds coming up. Um, but let's let's push on. Who do we think is going to make them quarterfinals? Keith, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's uh, let's have your wisdom and your your thoughts on this one. Uh, well, England England's going to get in. Australia's going to get in. Um, I hope Ireland get in. Um, I'm just trying to look through the groups now. Let me, let me man. Um, New Zealand should get in. I think the bottom, the, the bottom squad. What we've just been talking about: Wales, Cook Islands, France, and who else is in their group? That one. The, the Italy are in. Uh, they did well. Italy did well, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably between uh, Italy and Fiji through that group. Um, I think Ireland and New Zealand, the, the biggest game there is, uh, well, the biggest challenge comes probably from Lebanon. Mm. Um, they did then... really well, you know. I was I was super impressed with Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. But they, see, they're all, they're the majority of them are uh, NRL. NRL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, that's. That's what the world's all about. That's why Australia grew because that many immigrants went over there. So the, you know yeah. they've got the chance of playing. You know, in which they would never have had anyway. So yeah, yeah. Greece as well. I was I was made up for Greece. Yeah, they seem yeah. to. There's another one. I mean, that was against the laws to play rugby league. Six yeah, months ago. I can't believe banned. That. Yeah, banned by law. How much yeah, that? Law, you can't play rugby league. But no. they, but they managed to do it like like some secret underground society, bringing your mate, mates on encrypted WhatsApp. Fancy game of rugby tonight. The bonus, the coach. He's been with them twenty years, hasn't he? Yeah. And that the look on his face at the end of that game was worth a million quid, wasn't it? Yeah. You know how well they'd played. Do we know why they banned it? Do we know why it was banned? Oh, uh, uh, it was something to do with money. About. I, I did read it somewhere, but I can't remember where I read it. 
they couldn't they couldn't create some i don't know i don't know i'm waffling now we'll look into that no we'll look into it because i'm sure it'll be interesting story we should do a show on that on its own maybe with the uh the previous band in france uh, which is quite historical isn't Mm -hmm. it Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. i think when uh people watched me and keith play rugby they thought we'd been banned as well the way most of the time i was banned dave (laughs) So, um, and then, so who, who do we think will make the final then? Who, 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 well, I, I think it'll be England and Australia, yeah, again. And how do you think we'll fare in in a final against Australia? If we play as well as we did in the first game, we'll have a chance because yeah. most going back to the players coming from the NRL. They know the Australian players, yeah, me, and they know what they can do and what they can't do. Yeah, they're not an unknown quantity uh, coming don't over. Don't get me wrong; the Australians are the best in the world. There's no doubt about it. But they're beatable, you mean? Yeah. That's a good thing about rugby league. You can always win. You can always win. It don't, don't matter how low you get. I once went to witness with Casey and beat him in the Challenge Cup, and and um, and that, unfortunately, our chairman dropped dead at half time. And that's it's not a, a funny thing, but he actually did, you know. Wow. And we, we we beat him. Um, he come in. I can remember him coming in and saying, "Right, lads, you're on another father." It was on 14 with a win at them in them days with Keithley, and he said, "You're on another father if you can beat him." And we went out. Jeff, remember Jeff Crowson playing, big Jeff, yeah, second row. Oh, yeah, he said, it's "Another father, right?" You know, we went out and we beat him, and when we come back in. After the game, you know, jubilant because we won. The people in the dressing room, was, a couple of blokes, was crying. And I said to Jeff, Jesus, it won't that good a win. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, then they dropped the bombshell that Norman, Norman, Norman Mitchell had collapsed at half time. Wow. And he died in the ambulance going to the back to the hospital. Oh, and, uh, That's, Jeff... Yeah. <laughs> Did you get your fiver, though? Pardon? Did you get your fiver? Oh, I will get off that. It was. It, it was funny, like, and it, it, obviously the dressing room went deathly hush, you know, and and Jeff's and Norman's son had come in as well and to to announce about his father, and Jeff broke the silence. He said, "Does that mean there's not stopping for a part on way back?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. Can't anyway, as I say, teams can be beaten. Yes, yes, they can. They can indeed. Yeah, I think England will go well. I, I'm going to put my neck out there and say they're going to win. I think they're going to meet Australia. Being at home, I think we've we've as good a chance. At the beginning, I'll be honest with you, I didn't think we'd win a game when I first saw the when I first saw the um, the squad. Squad, yeah. I want you know, but I eat meat. I'll eat humble pie. I'm not, I don't mind being wrong. No, we're going to win the final. I reckon we're going to um, have a 20 point gap in between who we beat. 20? Right. Yeah. I won't go that far. Yeah. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm saying it. You heard it first here, folks. Yeah. Dave yeah. Pye yeah, back in right. England I by 20. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get your money on. Yeah. Dave said. The opposite. Yeah. By 20 pints. I mean, points. Points. Yeah. Points. Yeah. You might uh, we would have might have won twenty pounds still a little before I uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, well it's hotting up, isn't it? There's some good teams there, and we I think we'll see more from some of those teams that we haven't seen enough yet. And I want to see more 
from Samoa. I want to see more from Tonga. I'm looking forward to watching Ireland again and then be tested because I think they look like a real good I want to see Ireland again because we've got three players in the Irish team. Right, yeah. Um, George King has been outstanding since he went, since he come to us. Yeah, I really like George King. Yeah, he's um, he's been exceptional, hasn't he? A very, very busy forward. And uh, he, he does the same job regardless of who he's up against. He, he doesn't seem to change his game and he yeah. sets his standards quite high and he keeps to them. So, yeah, I agree. I think they'll, they'll go well. I look forward to watching them. I think uh, Jamaica will, will struggle and Wales will struggle in the in the games. I think I think they've done exceptionally well first up. It, it's even harder then to back that up in a second game with a short turnaround to raise it again. Um, I hope they go well, but I think they may struggle. But we'll we'll see. And and Australia, as you've pointed out, Keith, they're the best in the world. We know that. E- even if they've not picking the best thirteen, they'll still be the best team because they've got a an embarrassment of riches in that Australian NRL and that squad. So, um, but yeah, they're beatable. So um, I'm. If they leave, click. I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a lover of that. Um, <laughs> some don't. So right, I don't know him that well. That um, Cherry Evans. I, I, I think Cleary is the best scrum half I've seen for a long while. Uh, but yeah. it's like that with Meninga. Which one he's going to pick? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think we'd stand a better chance if Cherry Evans is playing than we will if Cleary is playing. He, yeah. He is yeah. Some player, that kid. I'm you know, they've, they've got so many good halves over there, and. and... Dale Cherry's obviously a brilliant player, but he's been around a little while now, and I, I, often the, the the players are being pushed out by around now, and he's not. He's kept his place. But we'll see. We'll see how they go. You mentioned Italy before. Really impressed with Italy. And, of course, yeah, they've got some Australians, but they're representing the heritage, and, and they went well. So we'll see how they get on in the following games. And uh, Samoa have to raise their standards. They really have to. But they've got to stay in it. They're going to be in big trouble if they if they don't yeah. be very impressive on, on, on the next on the next couple of games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you can pretty much just go straight to the final now because England are going to win. You may as well just give them the cup now. We'll save all the... You don't have to complain about ticket prices then. You know, save your yeah, money. Save your money. give them the just... World Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just goes to the final. Yeah. Just watch it yeah. on iPlayer. Don't even go. Just don't even turn up. Don't even turn up. Just watch it on iPlayer. Ten o'clock at night with the kebab. And when, when you're about when you're about ten pints deep. Yeah. In yeah, your pants. Yeah. With a kebab. Bit of lettuce on though to get your vitamins. Yeah. And um Chili yeah. sauce, garlic sauce. A brandy. Brandy and a drop of cold. If Greece straight to the final, the kebab the kebab would go down well, wouldn't it, if we start watching Greece? Yeah, that would be zero. Yeah, yeah, have a zero. If Italy get there, we'll have pasta. England get there, we'll have fish and chips. Fish and chips, yeah, fish and chips. Haggis if Scotland get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Help me out here, guys. I'm running out of ideas. Tatties and neeps. (laughs) Tatties and neeps for a Scotland lad. Once went to a Burns night one night. You know, they they piped in the haggis. And I was sat there in this bloke coming in and carrying the haggis like this on the plate. It's all steaming. And the piper's there in front of it. And I said, and I said, Jesus, have they killed that pig? It's still squealing. <laughs> 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 and they got throughout all these sweaty socks was going by me. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what about the Irish? What do they, what's their famous dish? 
Stu. Alice Stu. Yeah. Guinness. Yeah. Stu and Guinness. Guinness. Yeah, Agis. Um, Guinness. 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 You don't have to yeah. eat, you just drink Guinness. Just drink Guinness. Just drink Guinness. Yeah. It's, it's, a, a, it's a meal in itself, Guinness. You don't, you know, no. it's full of vitamins and iron and everything. Just have 17 pints of Guinness. You have to Guinness, wow. you, you go in, you're not in, in hospital, isn't there? I That's remember what... my mother worked uh, my mother worked at Kingston General Hospital and they used to give the old people bottles of Guinness. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, medicinal purposes. Shall we? Shall we just wrap this up and go to the pub? Because I'm dying for a pint now. Um, no, so gagging. Where do you want the meat, Keith? <laughs> should we go to Griffin? We'll bring the pies. Yeah. You get the you get the first three pints we'll, in. We'll go to Dublin then. <laughs> oh yeah, let's just go to Dublin. Let's just have it off. Go to Dublin and we'll do a podcast in a bar yeah, with a load yeah, of Guinness. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That's great fun. Well. That brings us to the end of this little uh, Rugby League World Cup catch-up. From myself and Dave, Keith, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. We are going to get you back on another show where we're going to talk about your career as an author and your career as a Rugby League professional and you've coached and, you know, there's there's so much we we want to talk and discuss with you. Uh, But we're going to do that in another show because we've run out of time today. But from myself and Dave... Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody watching the Dockhouse Rugby Show or if you're listening on the Dockhouse Rugby Pod. Don't forget to leave your comments in the comments section. Give us a like and hit that subscribe button. You've been watching the Dockhouse Rugby Show. The Dockhouse Rugby Show is proud to support the Teardrops Homeless Charity. Teardrops, supporting your community.